Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Betting Above the Brim podcast, episode number 14. This is Coach Young. Happy holidays to you and yours from myself, my producer, Matt George, and the Sports Grid family. And today's podcast, something a little bit different. With the holiday season, we're going to take a look at about 20 or so teams that are all in the playoff mix right now in the NBA. And what would be one, let's say, wish they would have this holiday season for this team, their team moving forward. So let's talk about it real quick. No Spurs, no Blazers, no Jazz, no Pistons, no Wizards, no Bulls, no Hornets. Last podcast, we talked about the Atlanta Hawks, the Memphis Grizzlies, and the Miami Heat. So we're not going to discuss them. So we're going to discuss all these other teams in the NBA, and let's get started. Before we do that real quick, folks, let's go ahead and let's pull up the records in each standing, in each conference, I should say. Let's start off with the East. Right now, the number one seed, if the playoffs were to begin today, were the Boston Celtics, followed by Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Orlando, one of the surprise teams in the NBA, Miami, New York, Cleveland, Indiana, Brooklyn, and then Chicago. So that is the pairings right now in the Eastern Conference of the standings. If we go now to the West, uh, the team that is in first place right now are the Minnesota Timberwolves, right now playing really good basketball at 22-6. and six. Then we have Denver, the defending champions. OKC, surprise team. Sacramento, they're doing it again. Clippers, they've been hot. Dallas, they've been playing pretty well. New Orleans, another surprise team in the Rockets. The Lakers, and then the Golden State Warriors. But Phoenix right now in the 11th slot in the Western Conference. I don't think they're going to end there. So let's get started here, and let's work three different tiers. Teams, I got work to do. Then we're going to go to our middle-of-the-road teams, and then we'll go to our upper echelon slash, I would say, title true title contenders. And let's start off with a team that has won a lot of championships that have underperformed, and that is the Golden State Warriors. So if the Golden State Warriors had one wish, it would be, where is Andrew Wiggins, and can he please return to form that he had during the 2021 finals. If you look at Andrew Wiggins this year, scoring at about 12.3 points per game, his worst shooting percentages of his career, his worst shooting from three from his career uh, this year, and he's not shooting the ball well at all. So although Clay has struggled at times, you got to look at more of the fact of the play of Andrew Wiggins 
has to be better for a team like Golden State if they're going to make a charge in a loaded Western Conference. Let's flip to the East now, and let's go to the Toronto Raptors, an intriguing team. And what is Messiah Giri going to do? I got a solution. Let's trade Pascal Siakam. If you look at this team uh, in Toronto and the play of Pascal Siakam, you know with his play, he is going to command a lot on the open market in regards to trades. And if you look at Siakam, give you 21.3 points per game, 6.7 rebounds, 5 assists. With Oji Ananobi, with Precious Achura, with Scotty Barnes, they got young talent. Maybe it's time for Masai Ujiri to punt and trade Pascal Siakam and get more assets before the trade deadline, and they would have a ton of suitors. Next, let's now go to what I call middle-tier teams. Now, I want people to understand this. This does not mean that they are not at near the top of their conference. But I'm trying to say these are teams that I don't consider to be title contenders right now. Could they move to that spot? Absolutely. Let's start off first with one of the best stories in the NBA, folks, and that's the Oklahoma City Thunder. So what do the Thunder need or want this rest of the half of the year? How about better play and consistent play out of Lou Dort? So if you think about Lou Dort, this is kind of like your junkyard dog. He does a little bit of everything, but when you look at this team and how they're playing, you're getting great play at SGA. You've got Chet, who is now the favorite to win the rookie of the year. But Lou Dort is sitting there giving you 11 points and four rebounds a game. Lou Dort, that has scored better in his career, if you look at his stats over the course of his career, this would be the second lowest, and I'm not counting his rookie year. And if you look at the fact that although he's shooting it, his best percentage for the, his career and the best from three, I think we get a little bit more of a contribution offensively from a Lou Dort on the offensive side of the ball. So look out for Lou Dort. I think Oklahoma City, if they want to make a run, they got to look at Lou as be someone that's going to be a critical piece to that puzzle. Let's move on. Let's stay out west. What's to the Sacramento Kings? The Sacramento Kings folks that, you know, at times people were uh, thought it was a fluke last year, but they're playing extremely well. And what do we need out of them? It's not the offensive end of the floor. It's the defense. And when you think about a team like uh, the Sacramento Kings, they could score, and they could score in absolute bunches. But to me, the problem with the, them is it's always been the defensive side of the ball. So when you look at a team like the Sacramento Kings and you look at what they're giving up points per game, they're one of the worst teams in the NBA. I wouldn't even say worst. Uh, they're probably in the middle of the pack, 21st, 117.4 points per game. But if you think about some of the teams that are under them with points per game, a lot of them folks, besides Dallas and Milwaukee, a lot of the bad teams. And it's going to be interesting to see when push comes to shove, can they get stops? We know with Fox, with Sabonis, with Barnes, with Murray, with Huerter, with Monk off the bench, they're going to score. Can they get stops when they need it? Speaking of stops, let's stay out west with another team and the New Orleans Pelicans. And I'm looking squarely at Zion Williamson. Such a polarizing figure down in the Big Easy. A guy that when he puts it together, 
is could be one of the 15 best players in the league. Yeah, I said it. I think Zion could be a top 15 player in the NBA. Well, what is holding Zion back? His health, his conditioning. And although he's giving you 22.3 points per game, 5.9 rebounds, and 4.5 assists, I think we need a better version out of Zion the rest of the year. If they can do this, folks, if they can do this, the Pelicans could be the sleeper team to come out of the West because of C.J. McCollum, because of the scoring of Brandon Ingram. You have a great defensive stopper in Herb Jones. You got a, a guy that can give you a double-double every night. And you're the Valanchunas. You have Zion. And then you have the ultimate X Factor, one of my favorite players in the league, Trey Murphy the third. But Zion's got to get healthier, and he's got to be productive for the rest of this season. Let's stay out west to another team that's really surprising a lot of people. And that is the Houston Rockets. Folks, their win total, I think, was like 27 and a half before the season. Well, they got, I think, 15 wins already, Houston. And shout out to Ime Odoka. He may talk trash. He may not take, treat his women, women right. But he can coach his you-know-what off. And, but what do they need? I think, folks, they need Jalen Green to be better. Now, you're looking at me and saying, what? Jalen Green's giving you 17.1 points per game. But, folks, he's his worst shooting percentage so far of his career, 39.6%. He's shooting the worst at 32.5% from three. And he's still committing about two and a half turnovers per game. Now, with the play of Van Vliet, with the emergence of a Farron Shungun, I'm not saying that I need Jalen Green to be a 20, 22-point-a-game scorer, but I need him to be efficient, folks. I need him to shoot the ball better than what he has done so far this year. Let's go to the East now. Let's take a look at the Brooklyn Nets, folks. I really, I would say, not surprising team, but an exciting team that does a lot of things well, except for one thing. Folks, they don't do a great job of sharing the ball. And I think this is where we may have to say they may need Ben Simmons back because Ben Simmons is a guy that can, can kind of get them going. So I think this is like a two-part thing. Number one, they need Ben Simmons back. I think he becomes um, a big part of their puzzle of what they can do. But to me, I need them to share the ball more. And I'm looking at guys like Cam Johnson, guys like uh, Mikel Bridges, guys like Spencer Dimwitty. They have to do a better job of sharing the basketball for a Brooklyn Nets team that I think could be uh, a sleeper team and a tough team to knock out of the playoffs. Speaking of playoffs, holy smokes, the Indiana Pacers, what a job Rick Carlisle has done with this team. And you know what they do, folks? They can score that ball better than anybody in the NBA. But you know what they can't do? They can't stop a damn nosebleed. Right now, Indiana Pacers have the second to the worst points per game allowed at 125.8. They do not have defensive stoppers. You look at the field goal percentage defense, folks. They're giving up 51% from the floor. That is worse than the NBA. They're giving up 39.7% from three. So this is a problem 
for an Indiana Pacers team that particularly when they play teams that are just as good as them offensively is they can't get stopped against the better teams. So let's see if Rick Carlisle can shore up the defense. He doesn't have a lot of defensive stoppers. Maybe you look for Indiana to maybe make a trade for some veteran, maybe 3 and D guy that can give him a little bit of help. Let's move on and let's stay in East and let's go to Cleveland. Folks, they, this, this team is very interesting because there, there's two ways you can look at Cleveland. Now I'm going to give them two things. Number one, they got to get a, a third guard, a, a backup guard, because of the amount of pressure that's put on Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell is starting to become too much. And you got to watch for Mitchell, folks, because you never know when he's going to get impatient and ask out. But I'm going to add a second thing to Cleveland. Folks, I've said it before, I'm saying it again. They need to break up Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. It doesn't work, this double-barrel big system in the NBA. I think they got to move, particularly I would move Jared Allen. I would then slide Evan Mobley to the five, and then I would go out and get a stretch four. They need someone that can stretch the defense. Yes, they have Georges Niang. That's a backup. I'm talking a starting caliber Stretch four that can knock down shots and play a little bit of defense. I don't know. Maybe like a guy that I love a lot and like a DeAndre Hunter. Great 3 and D guy. OG Ananobi, another great 3 and D guy. But we know how Masai Ujiri may ask for like 10 first-round draft picks and three of your next uh, children to be born. Let's stay to an ease with my team, the New York Knicks that have had a really, really, I would say, good season so far, right in the mix of playoff hunt. Why? Oh, it's because of, we've talked about it before, it's because of Jalen Brunson. It's because of Julius Randle. Uh, it's been because of the, the coaching of Tom Thibodeau, the, the bench play of Emmanuel quickly. Well, what has been the problem with New York? It's R.J. Barrett. And R.J. has been typical R.J., which is wildly inconsistent and particularly against good teams look at his performance last game saturday night versus milwaukee was awful let's see how he does on christmas day first of the five games in the nba uh, on christmas day but rj's got to be better and i would add the knicks will make a trade i think they need a three and d guy like a deandre hunter or an oj Ananobi. Or do they try and go get a backup big like an Andre Drummond or so now that we know that Mitchell Robinson most likely is going to be out for the rest of the year? It's worth watching. New York has done a really good job. Speaking of a good job, folks, is there a better story than the Orlando Magic? I mean, I just think, oh, oh, it's tragic. No, no. The Orlando Magic has had such an incredible year, and it's been a development of their young core, of Paulo Bancaro, of Wagner, of Suggs, of the play of Cole Anthony off the bench. And this team has been absolutely fantastic so far to start this season. But now when you get to a point where you got to start to push your chips to the center of the table, I think they need front court help, backup Wendell Carter Jr. has been in and out of the lineup. He's never been healthy. Gary Harris has missed a lot of time. Joe Angles can always get hurt. I think they need some kind of bench depth 
and I would say experience because we look at going into the playoffs. Name someone on this team that has playoff experience. The answer is none. Orlando needs veteran help, particularly off the bench. Maybe a guy, sneaky pickup. How about a guy like an Alec Burks from the Detroit Pistons? Let's move on. Let's jump to the West now. Let's go to the Dallas Mavericks. Who, oh, man, Kyrie and Luka. I mean, what can you say about how great these two are becoming a dynamic duo in the backcourt? And you can also say the play pretty much of Tim Hardaway has been very, very good. But that's where it stops in regards to offensively because you got three guys giving you 17.6 or more. Well, here is the problem, folks. They need better contributions, particularly out of Grant Williams, who they gave their free agent offer sheet to and signed from Boston. They need that. And you got to think about this, folks. I know they got Kyrie in the trade, right? But if you think about Luka and, and, and Hardaway, think about some of the role-scoring guys that they have lost. Brunson, Dimwitty, Christian Wood. These are established scores that can take some of the load off of a Luka Doncic, off of a Kyrie Irving. So they have to do a better job in regards to getting more production offensively besides their three main guys. Let's move on to the Kings team, LeBron James and the LA Lakers, who, folks, I don't even know. I mean, I'm scratching my head. I don't know which Laker team it is. Is this the team that went and won the playing tournament? Or I should say the in-season tournament? Or is it the Lakers team that's played every other game besides that? Because the Lakers have been such an enigma. But what they need, folks, is we've talked about LeBron playing such heavy, heavy minutes. They need other guys to step up. And I'm looking at three guys that have been acquired within the last 12 months. That's Cam Reddish who has now been put into the starting lineup for D'Angelo Russell, Rui Hachimura, and Christian Wood. Let me tell you something. I thought that Hachimura was a great pickup for the Lakers. I still do think that's a stretch four. Christian Wood's never going to blow you over with his defense, but he can score. He's better than a 6.8 per game score. And let's be honest, Cam Reddish has bounced around the league. This is his last chance. LeBron wanted him on his team. Those three, Reddish, Hachimura, Wood, must be far better offensively and help the scoring load for a Lakers team in which LeBron James at the age of 38 is giving you 25.7, 7.7, 7.3. He continues to defy age. Last team, middle tier, and it's as close, folks, because I could easily put them in the top tier. And that's the best team in the Western Conference, folks. And that's the Minnesota Timberwolves. Folks, they have figured it out. They really have. If you look at the way that they have played, particularly Rudy Gobert being the best I've seen Rudy in years, the player we talked about, Anthony Edwards being a top 10 player, and Cat really doing what he's got to do to help this team win. Now, here is my need. It's, it's the bench. I am a big, huge Kyle Slomo Anderson fan. 
I think Nas Reed is one of the best backup bigs in the league. They need backcourt help. They need backcourt help, They need a, particularly a backup point guard. I don't think Shake Milton categorizes me as a point guard. So they need a point guard because Mike Conley has shown a propensity to get hurt. I wonder if they go on the trademark and find one. I know I love this guy when he was with uh, Memphis. How about let's see if Tyus Jones, who becomes a restricted, unrestricted free agent at the end of the year, maybe a Tyus Jones to Minnesota as a backup guard. Wow, would that be fantastic with a second group that includes Kyle Anderson and Nas Reed. From the middle tier, let's go to what I think are the championship contenders, true title contenders. And let's start with the Philadelphia. And that's the Philadelphia 76ers. They have been fantastic. Nick Nurse has been an upgrade as a head coach. And we can't talk about the play much of, of Joel Embiid, who's been fantastic, and of Tyrese Maxey. It's the other pieces that they need consistent contributions from. So I'm looking at a guy like a Tobias Harris who's in his walk year who needs to be more consistent even though he's giving you 16.6. They need Kelly Oubre, who's been one of the best free agent signings at 13.3. The Anthony Melton has been good at points. But to me, I'm looking at some role guys that I need them to be consistent and give them more. Nicholas Batum, who's got playoff experience. That guy, Paul Reed, to come off the bench as a center. And look at even guys like Robert Covington uh, to really give them a little bit of lift. They need more bench play. And they need Pat Bev to be Pat Bev, which is particularly a pest defensively and a leader in the locker room. Next, let's go to the Clippers, who's been really with a a disappointing team once they got James Harden, but it's completely flipped the script on their season. I think they won seven or eight out of their last nine games. So when you look at it, that guy's been outstanding. We've talked about the claw playing like a top 10 player again. We've talked about PG-13 doing what he's doing. We talked about James Harden, who has been better. I'm looking at Terrence Mann and seeing what can we get. You were not included in a trade for James Harden. They kept you for a reason. But damn it, 6.3 points, 3.4 rebounds is not enough out of Terrence Mann. A guy that has not played particularly well, particularly shooting the ball from the three-point line. Listen, it's never been a strong suit, but folks, He's shooting 21.4% for the season. His low mark was 35%. He's shooting 39.2% from the floor. His low mark of his career, 46.8. Terrence Mann has got to be better for the Clippers. If he is, with the rest of those guys playing the way they play and they stay healthy, that team can legitimately win the Western Conference. Speaking of the West, let's stay there with the Phoenix Suns. Folks, it's very simple. They need the three guys to be healthy. They need KD, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker to be there night in, night out with that man, Frank Vogel. I'm going to add a fourth, and I'm going to say that man, Yusuf Nurkic, who has been a really good pickup, and I would say based on what they need, an upgrade over DeAndre Ayton. But those three right there, Bradley Beal, who's barely played this year, should be back relatively soon. Devin Booker has missed a good chunk of the season, and I can't say enough about the slim reaper Kevin Durant. But if they can't get those three guys on the floor, 
They don't have a shot in hell of making it out of the West. They need all three and Yusuf Nurkic. And I would dare say a little bit of bench help at the front court as maybe what they need to win a championship. Three more to go. Let's go to the Milwaukee Bucks. And the Giannis and Dame experiment offensively has been fantastic. I'm going to give them two things. Number one, they got to be better defensively. They, they, they are not strong defensively, particularly in the guard spot. This is a problem when you lose guys like a Drew Holiday and a Grayson Allen. But they need bench depth. Bench depth particularly at the guard position. I know, I know, I know. They got Bobby Portis, who's great. They got Pat Connington, who's great. I'm not a big guy and believer in campaign. They need more help in the guard spot to help them if they're going to go ahead and try and win another title for or for that man, uh, their coach, in his first year at the job after taking over uh, Mike for Mike Budenholzer. But this is a team, Portland, I'm not sorry, Portland, I'm looking at Portland, I see Dame Lillard, a team in Milwaukee that is absolutely dangerous and can really make a title run, but they're going to need some help for Dame and for Giannis. Two more. Let's go to the defending champions and the Denver Nuggets. A Denver Nuggets team that every time you step on the floor, my man Nikola Jokic is getting you a triple-double. And he's been absolutely fantastic, and you can't talk enough about Nikola Jokic. I know people are mad at me that uh, when it comes out, they're going to see a Nikola Jokic I put as the third-best player in the NBA. I know that kind of gets people a little fired up about it, but I have my reasons. And Nikola Jokic has been absolutely fantastic. 26.4, 12.3, 9.2. May end up averaging a triple-double in the season. But to me, it's a play of Aaron Gordon. And Aaron Gordon, that was really good in the playoffs last year, who is sometimes an enigma, only giving you 13.5, 6.7. Uh, he needs to be better. Remember, he gave you about 16.3 last year. So scoring needs to go up a little bit, a tick here for Aaron Gordon. And if he becomes more efficient, uh, particularly shooting the ball from three, only shooting at 25%, never been known as a great shooter, but he's got to shoot it better by 25% from three. He's got to get up to about the 32, 33% range. That will be good. Lastly, the Boston Celtics, who some people believe are the favorites to win the NBA title, and rightfully so. My problem with Celtics, two things. Number one, they don't win road games. They're, they're absolutely fantastic at home. They've had some rough losses on the road. I know they just win the Sacramento one by about 50, but they got to be better. And Joe Mazzulla's team, it's going to slip up and lose a home game or two in the playoffs. So they have to do a better job. He has upgraded the staff with Charles Lee and Sam Cassell as assistants, but they need to be better on the road. And I would dare say this. I still get concerned with the front court depth. I know Porzingis has been great. He has missed time. Father time always catches up to everyone. It will catch up to Al Horford eventually. I think they need some kind of front court help as regards to a backup. This has been your Betting Above the Rim podcast. We taped this today on December 24th. For all of your information, odds, picks, predictions, pregame, in-game, postgame, from the best in the business, please go and download that Sports Grid app. Available on iOS and Android. This is what you need to get all of your betting information advice. Next podcast will be taped on Wednesday to be released on Thursday. We'll look at 
the Christmas Day games will reshape the market and we'll start to get into college basketball. We're getting into league play. Once again, it's been the Betting Above the Rim podcast. Thank you so much for listening. From my family to yours, I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas, a safe holiday. Thank you to Matt George, who's done a fantastic job on the podcast. And remember, we talk about it every time on this podcast. Remember this, it's smarter to be on SportsGrid. Merry Christmas. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.